Hi, everybody. I have this scripture on my mind as, we, as we're thinking about the, this giving portion of our service, but it's found in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verse 1 through 5. And it says this, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service of the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then to us in keeping with God's will. Paul had been reluctant to press these Macedonians because they were obviously poor people. And when there was a need in Jerusalem, and uh, he, he, he had felt somewhat shy to go to them and say, Hey guys, would you consider giving as well? And they surprised him by demanding Paul. Like, they got a little bit angry with Paul, like, How dare you? Why, why didn't you ask us? We want to give. And uh, they came alongside others. He says their, their poverty welled up in a rich generosity. And he, he, he just was surprised at their willingness and their desire, more than their willingness, their, their absolute passion to say, we want to be part of this ministry as well. Now, around about this time, the preservation of cash, cash is a necessary planning agenda uh, for any organization at this time, whether it's your home, your business, wherever it is. We're all looking to how do we preserve cash and uh, it's a wisdom point uh, of a discussion to how do we cut back. But I want to make a suggestion to those of us who believe that there are some additional input values that we should consider. Jesus said this principle, if you give, it, more will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, running over, will be poured back to you. Paul put it this way. He said, the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And so... Part of a wise financial or fiscal discipline should certainly be that we should consider how we can give under God's direction so that there can be a ministry coming back to us, that if we give, more will be given to us, if we sow to other people in this time. And so I'm hoping that along with us, there are at least a few people out there whose hearts lean towards this desire, this pleading not to be left out of a vital ministry of the church. Because our giving ministers not, not just to people, but also to God. This is a fascinating idea for me. Our giving ministers to God and to people. So I want to suggest that you would take a little time this week and ask the Holy Spirit, where should we give? Because in this area of preservation of cash, one of the wisest things I believe that we can do as believers is to give in line with what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. Let Him orchestrate our finances. Let Him be the one who says, you should give here. And I, I just have this idea that I think the more generous he, he whispers to you to be, the more generous He's going to be in return to you. He will direct you beautifully. And uh, we have some opportunities as a church um, there are two specifically where we're going to administrate that to look after people who are struggling. Uh, the food pantry is one, and the benevolence fund is another. And so if you would consider that, maybe ask the Lord, can I give to one of those two? And if you go to our giving tab and you, you, on the drop-down menu, you'll find both of those, both the food pantry and the benevolence fund. And if you'd like to give, the elders of the church will administrate that to each congregation and uh, the people who have the most need will be working with them. So I just wanted to say that to you. I think there is an opportunity now for us as a church as well to 
participate in this idea that we can give under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And as we do, I think he's going to do some beautiful things for us in this time as a church. As we've said before, our response at this time as a church is two things. A constant and careful consideration of others and a relentless refusal to fear. I'm convinced that the Lord wants us to take some new ground, to move downfield in many areas that we're in, to lay hold of a bigger slice of the pie, to take a firmer grip in our society, that God has a dream for us. This season is not for us to go backwards. This season was intended by God for us to be launched forward. So we keep praying this. We keep praying that the people of God are going to emerge further ahead than we would have been if this, if this pandemic had not happened. I really am trusting that. I'm trusting that you're better as a family, that your prayer life is better, that your finances are better, that your impact in your community is better because God has taken this opportunity to step in and co-labor with you and produce beautiful things. We're already seeing this. The reports are coming in from all around the church. Uh, we're seeing God's love shining into communities and into families. Ministry is happening at an unprecedented rate. People are crying out to God. There are more prayer meetings going on. There is more caring and, and connection going on. So I just wanted to encourage you, don't wait to be ministered to. Minister. Don't hold back waiting for someone else to encourage you. Go out and encourage. Don't wait for money to come to you. Go out and give. Because I think that the more we can do this, the more God is going to use us. We're going to come out of this ahead of where we would have been if it not had happened. That's my prayer. Won't you join us in that prayer? But we're looking forward to an exciting season in God. Uh, the sermon today is called The Kind Intentions of God, the kind intentions of God. In times of turmoil, many people take one of two actions. They either throw out their normal reasoning, they rush to judgment, they make emotionally rash decisions, and sometimes we're all party to that. And the other option is we try new things. We're open to new options. We're listening with a, a, a renewed fervor to what the Lord wants to say. That's why when there's a time of turmoil, it, it really gives us these two opportunities. It's either massive opportunities for advancement or it's a threat at the same time, depending on which way you're going to view it. And uh, I think it was Rahm Emanuel who said, never let a, a serious crisis go to waste. In other words, uh, it's an opportunity when you have a crisis to do things that you never thought you would do before. And what we're celebrating during this time are families that have begun to engage in family devotions, now, families that are taking communion together. People are calling on the Lord more than usual. Some people are seeking His face in prayer and fasting. Some, many, many business people are asking for creative solutions to what their business is facing. They're, we're engaging in a creative uh, revolution, in a crying out to God. Uh, something is going to happen here. Basically, this is our season to get to work doing the things that we weren't doing before. The things that our usual, usual busyness prevented us from doing. Thomas Edison put it this way. An opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work. I'm pretty sure that if you just took a little moment in your time with the Lord and asked Him, Lord, what opportunities are lying in front of us right now? There are so many opportunities for advancement because that is the kind intention of God. 
God has an extremely kind intention for you. So during this time, I'm encouraging us to nurse a healthy view of the Lord, a good theology, a sound philosophy. And, and when we do have those things, they become extremely helpful for us. That good philosophy, that good theology is what makes this a massive opportunity or a dangerous threat. And which way we lean in that makes the difference. See, if we have this perspective that God has a great agenda for us and a plan, then this current pandemic has no power to influence that. And so if we have a good vision and a great understanding of the kind intention of God, it changes everything about our lifestyle. So this is very simple, very basic two-point sermon, uh, and, and I'm just going to give it to you as briefly as I can. The first thing we must know is that God has eternally kind intentions towards us. God has always been eternally kind in his intentions towards mankind. From the very first time he said, let's make man in our own image, this was always the kind intention of God, to be one with us, to have a deep and abiding and eternal, fruitful love relationship with mankind. But let me take you to a scripture in Ephesians 1 that talks about this. And one of the versions actually uses those, that phrase, the kind intentions of God. But Ephesians 1, and I'm reading from verse 3. Let's start there. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. That's an important phrase. That's the one we're going to focus on. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one that he loves. That phrase, I just want to take you to different versions of the scripture just to highlight that simple phrase, which in the NIV says, in accordance with his pleasure and will. But in the Passion Translation, it says, this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. God was exceptionally delighted. The kind intentions of God, it's been this, this delightful kept secret for a long time, and God is just very excited about his kind intentions. He always wanted us to be kindly treated and blessed. Uh, the, the Young's Literal says, according to the good pleasure of his will, the message version said, what pleasure God took in planning this. The Living Bible says he did this because he wanted to. And the New American Standard says, according to the kind intentions of his will. See, this idea that God is angry with us or that he's nursing a grudge or uh, that somehow Jesus is up there coercing the Father into not destroying us, uh, that's simply not the truth. The truth that the Scripture declares is God has always had kind and loving intentions towards us. He always had this kind intention to cleanse and to forgive and to adopt and to equip us. This is always his dream. God doesn't love you because Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you because God loved you. It, it was because God so loved us that he sent his son. It was always the love of God. It was always the plan of God. It was always the kind intention of God for your life to be blessed, for you to live in a beautiful relationship with him. So this idea of the austere, vengeful, angry God that requires death because of sin, 
That idea was put to death and nailed on the cross because that God sent his own son to provide that death so that now all that is left for those who believe in Jesus are the kind intentions of God. There is nothing about the anger, no wrath, no vengeance, nothing towards those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Because in Christ, you're hidden from all of that. Because Jesus himself took all the anger, all the punishment, all the wrath of God against all your sin. And that was already put to death on the cross. And you were crucified with him there because you believed. This idea that God has eternal, kind intentions is clearly stated in the Scriptures. And there are so many Scriptures that I'm sure are even popping in your mind now that that we need to just reorient our minds. Because sometimes in a crisis, we can forget these beautiful things. And we can start to think, maybe, maybe God is angry. Maybe this is a judgment of some sort. But I want to say, if you're in Christ, all the judgments that God makes to you are through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, God has entrusted all judgment to me. And so when you believed in Jesus, all your sin was put to death because he was put to death. All the wrath of God against your sin was absorbed by Jesus. All the punishment due your sin was taken by Jesus. And now all the favor and all the blessing, all the acceptance, all the tenderness, all the mercy, all the grace that was due to Jesus is now your right. The only thing left for you who believe in Jesus Christ are the kind intentions of God, the kind plans that God always had. One of the most well-known scriptures is this one found in Jeremiah 29, and it's quoted in the pocket promise books and everywhere on posters. But it's written to Israel who had just been taken off into captivity because they had been uh, just idolatrous and they'd been turning away from the Lord for years. And God sends them the prophet Jeremiah and he writes to the leaders who've been just taken into captivity and he writes this prophetic word to them to say, listen, don't listen to people who are saying that this captivity is going to be over within six months. He said, this is going to take 70 years because that's what the Lord promised. And, and, but he said, I want you to know that despite this harsh judgment that's going on in your life and despite the fact that you've been taken captive, I want you to remember that God has kind intentions to you. So this is what he says. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. God's plans are the extension of his nature. They're pure, they're holy, they're loving, they're full of faith, they're kind. So they include your prosperity. That's what he said. I have plans to prosper you. Say, well, Greg, do you mean money? Yes, I mean money and wisdom and integrity and maturity and generosity. To be able to handle the full orbed favor and blessing and prosperity of God come upon your life. All God's plans, all God's kind intentions are in that direction. None of his plans is to hurt you or to cut you off or to take away hope from you. Not one of them. His plans, according to Jeremiah, are to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you hope and to give you a future. Proverbs 23 picks up the same refrain and says, Do not let your heart envy sinners, but 
Always be zealous for the fear of the Lord, for there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. God has a future and a secure hope for you. This is the kind intention of your Father. And God's dreams and His thoughts concerning you, His plans concerning you, the kind intentions of God will not be cut off. There is no power that can stand against it. There is nothing the enemy can do. There's nothing these circumstances can do. God's dreams for you will not be shut down. He will not remove them from you. He has not forgotten a single one of His promises. There is neither death nor life nor the past or the present or the future or angel or demon or anything else in all of creation that can separate you from the love and the kind intentions of God that are yours in Christ Jesus. God has kind intentions for you and they're always there and they're always going to be. If you, can grab, if you can grab hold of that, if you can grasp that one idea, here comes the second. That God now continually works towards those kind intentions in our lives. That if you will, if you will just set your life adrift in His hand, if you'll just commit yourself to His, His guidance and His Spirit's leadership, what you'll find is that the Holy Spirit is always working back towards the kind intentions of God. He's never going to pull you away. He's never going to do you damage. He's never going to take you away to a place where you get harmed. The Holy Spirit, if you surrender to His Lordship, is always going to be driving you and walking with you and urging you and making a way for you to walk into the kind intentions of God. God is continually going to be working into the kind intentions. And let me take you to Romans 8.28, also a well-known scripture, because this is what he says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. That could be phrased called according to his kind intentions. You, when you came into Christ, were called in line with God's kind intentions. And the Bible says that in all things, in the middle of this pandemic and in the middle of anything else that you could name, in all things, God is at work for you, for your good, in line with his kind intention. God is going to work in your circumstances. So one of the things we have to know, God has kind intentions for me. And right now, He is working towards those kind intentions. I can settle back and, re and relax in that truth. Now, a lot of people don't seem to be able to settle back. I don't know if you've ever had somebody who completely misunderstands you. It's one of my favorite pet peeves. When somebody entirely misses you, your heart and, and treats you really differently. Many years ago, in, a, in another city, we had a, a church, and one of the key ministers in that area, really nationally recognized, uh, had been based out of another church, and uh, we had started connecting, and, and the Lord had ignited a really sweet relationship. And so they, they wondered if they could come and be based, and they asked me to mentor them, and could they be based out of our church? And there had been some friction between them and the leader of that church. And so I said, well, let me talk to that leader. And so I called that leader and said, you know, they're wanting to come to our church. You know, let's talk this through. And that leader just said to me, I just want to warn you that this is one of the most dangerous couples that I've ever encountered anywhere in my years of ministry. And they are the most powerfully deceptive people that you will ever meet. They are horribly divisive and seditious 
and I warn you to have nothing to do with these people. So uh, armed with that report from somebody who had been watching over them for some years, I was understandably nervous. And they came around for coffee at our house, and we were just sitting talking, but it was one of those most extremely awkward meetings because they were nervous, and we were very suspicious. Every word was inspected for deception. Every phrase was examined for duplicity. Eventually, eventually, I just said, I can't, I can't go on like this because it, it created such a leaning back in my own heart. I thought, we'll never, we'll never connect with these people in truth because I was so filled with suspicion that nothing they did could work out well. And when we decided we're going to just relate to these people. We're not going to relate to the other people's reports. We're going to relate to them, and we're going to watch them, and uh, unless they prove otherwise, we're going to just take what they're saying at face value, in which we started to do. And for many years, they ministered beautifully to many thousands of people uh, based out of our church. Some people have a similarly distorted view of the Lord. Uh, they've been told things about God. They've, they've had bad theology. Life has conspired together to tell them that God means you harm. God's dream for you is not to bless you and not to prosper you and not to give you hope. God's means for you to be destroyed and cut down and, and, and without any hope in the world. But that's simply not the truth. And so what's going to happen now is that when you have a pressure time like this, the one we're facing, one of two things is going to happen. Uh, either that view, which is negative about God, will be confirmed in you, or God is going to use the circumstances to just draw that out and destroy it in your life. Because the Scripture says, the Scripture says that in all things, God is going to work together for good for those who love Him and who've been called according to His kind intentions. When we decide to believe this, I know whom I've believed, and I know that God is working together for my good. When I settle that in my own heart, it becomes a thrilling adventure that I'm now learning how to cooperate with the kind intentions of God. I'm listening for His voice. I'm wanting to be led by the Holy Spirit because I trust Him implicitly. He is going to take me into all the dreams that God has for me. We are not the people who are constantly suspicious of God's motive, secretly believing that He's out to destroy me somehow. We lean forward. We lean into His kind intentions because the Scripture says that this, His purpose, His kind intention, the pleasure of His will is what He's trying to do. And when we believe that, we tend to relax into what God is saying. This idea, this perspective uh, of God is vital to our walk right now. Uh, not just because it's a true perspective of God, but when we take this, it becomes a shield to our hearts and our minds. And what we know and what we believe about God makes a massive difference in these times and in this season. So I, I want to invite you to examine your own heart. Do you know do you believe that God has kind intentions towards you? And do you believe and know that no matter what circumstances you're currently in, the Holy Spirit right now is working to bring about the kind intentions of God for you, to give you hope and a future, to prosper you and to take away harm from your life? Because that's what the Scripture says. 
Now, Psalm 27, 13, there's this, uh, there's this interesting scripture where David's saying, look, this is what I, I, I would have been in trouble if I hadn't had this perspective. If I hadn't thought this way, if I hadn't seen God from this viewpoint, I would have been in trouble. My life would, would have been severely hampered. And this is what he says in the New King James. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The, the New American Standard says, I would have despaired if I hadn't believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And the NIV says, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So no matter what crisis befalls us, we have to know that He is working together towards the good, towards His kind intention for our good. This is what God is doing. This is a constant, relentless, eternal plan of an almighty God who has sent His Holy Spirit to indwell and empower us to do and to walk in all that He promised. So I want to take you to the verses because we've looked at Romans 8.28 where it says, in all things God is going to be working together for your good. I want to look at the verses just preceding that because they'll yield something right now. Verse 25 says, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Verse 26, in this same way. In what, what same way? Waiting patiently for what we haven't yet seen, but we know to be a fact. In this same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray and what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. The Holy Spirit's prayers are in line with the kind intentions of God. So when we get into a place where we don't know what to pray, we don't know the next few steps to take, the Holy Spirit who is in us it can be relied upon to be that person who always searches our heart and then begins to pray to the Father, say, Father, I'm going to intercede for them. Father, make the purpose of your will. Make the kind intentions real in their life. Because I don't know always what to pray. Sometimes I can't see the next little piece of the path that I'm supposed to take. But I do know right now the best thing I can possibly do is rely and lean back on and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in me. And we can pray along with Him. Learn to pray along with the Holy Spirit and what He's saying and what He do. Because He does know the way. He does know the will of God. He does know the kind intentions. And He's always praying for you in line with that will. So here's something you might want to try at home. I, I would just get alone somewhere and just say to the Holy Spirit, Lord, could you tell me what you're praying? Because Could you lead me to pray the same things that you're praying? Because if you do, if you let him just lead you, ideas will come to your mind. Just begin to pray that, and you'll discover some of the kind intentions of God for you. So let me close this off with two ideas for what we can do. So what should we do? What should we do right now? The great scripture in Ephesians 3 says, Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine according to his power that is with, at work in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. God is able to do immeasurably more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed, and exceed your wildest imagination. 
He goes beyond wildest dreams and your highest prayers and your greatest desires and your deepest thoughts. He will go beyond your most yearned for hope. And the Holy Spirit will work with you. But that scripture talks about two places. It says your, 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 your mind, that all you could ask or imagine. He talks about your imagination and he talks about your asking. And so I want to focus on those two things. I suggest this week, I dare you this week, to go and have an adventure of imagination and an adventure of prayer. So the first thing I want to say is get your mind clear. Expect, believe, declare God's good and kind intentions. This will enable you to, to, to start imagining. But get your mind clear. Say what the Scripture says. Say it out loud. Speak out the kind intentions of God. God, I know that you always want to do me good. I know that you only want to prosper me. I know you want to give me hope and a future. I know that there are creative ideas. Father, I just bless you. But get your mind clear. Clean out all the lies and all the other voices. Shut them down. Put on some worship music and declare to God, this is who I know you to be. You are the God who has kind intentions for my life and speak them out. And as you do, your mind will become clear and that will enable you to imagine a beautiful dream. Now, the greatest, the greatest imagination you can come up with won't be the kind intention of God, but at least it'll be on the right direction. It'll be in the ballpark because the Bible says that God can do immeasurably more than all you could ever imagine. But it's important for you to begin to imagine the beauties and the kindnesses of God. Secondly, Get your mind clear, number one. Number two, make your prayers bold. See, God wants to answer you, but he wants to answer you immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. He wants to go beyond anything you could dream. He wants to step into your life, and the Holy Spirit wants to pray with you. And together, he wants to stir up and make a way and open doors for the kind intentions of God, the plans to prosper you and to bless you and not to harm you, to give you hope and to give you a future, the plans to cause your family to thrive, the plans so that the, the will of God can prosper in your hand, that the Word of God can prosper through your family, that the, that the nature of God can be demonstrated in your personalities, and that the kingdom of God can be manifest through you. This has always been the kind intention of God, and right now, in the middle of this thing, the Holy Spirit is working towards that. Have no fear, little children, for I myself will help you, is what the promise of the Lord is. Get your mind clear. Make your prayers bold. I believe the Lord wants to visit with you in your time with Him. This is a grand opportune time. What an opportunity. Because you have a little more time on your hands. Don't waste it on a Netflix binge. Don't waste it doing foolish things. Come and spend some time with the God who is the Lord of this universe. And ask Him, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Who do you want me to minister to? Because I think there is an opportunity now for us to take a fresh grip on all the things that God has for us and see a breakthrough. You will end up further ahead than you would have been had this pandemic not happened. That is what I believe God wants to do. And so I'm going to encourage you to get your mind clear and make your prayers bold. God wants to answer some profound prayers, immeasurably more, than all you could ask or imagine. 
That's the word of the Lord to us this week. Why don't you pray with me, please? Father, I just want to say thank you for your people, for the beauty of what you're doing among us, for this opportunity, Lord, that you've put in front of us. And Father, we just say, we lift our eyes, Lord. This does not have the right to get my attention. This, Lord, does not have the right to clap my heart down in fear. This pandemic, Lord, does not have the rights to lordship over me. You, Lord Jesus, have the right of lordship. You, Lord, have the right to consume my focus. You, Lord, have the right to capture my heart. And so, Lord, we with joy turn our eyes and our attention and our delight onto you. And we're asking, Lord, would you give us wisdom? Would you show up, Lord, and show us the opportunity that is right in front of us? And I thank you, Father, that for everyone in our church, we're going to see a a significant launch forward because of what you have planned in this season. We give you honor and praise, Lord Jesus, for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. This has been a recorded message. We uh, deliberately came into the church during the week to capture this because we didn't want there to be a large group of people in the building. We've been very deliberate to keep social distancing between the people and the worship team and the, the technical team that is here. And I just want to give thanks and, uh, to all of those people who did come in to help us, the technical team. I just wanted to honor you guys. Thank you so much for what you do. Uh, your, your role is becoming uh, increasingly apparent, and the Lord is highlighting it this time. So thank you for what you've done. Um, but we appreciate you tuning in and uh, love this way. You can send it off to some friends if it ministered to you, and maybe it'll minister to them. God bless you. We'll see you again soon. Thank you.